Kate, Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Today's episode of Got to Be Done is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains and the Wurundjeri lands of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations people who are listening and loving Bluey. Kate McMahon, how would you feel about collapsing on the couch? <laughs> I'm sounds, loving this for chilly. <laughs> that sounds magical. Okay, let's do it. Right after we talk for an hour about this episode, magic. <laughs> no, not an hour. We can do this. It'll be magical. You know, Mary, when I first watched Magic, mm-hmm. I have to admit, it, I mean, there's amusing moments in this episode, but it really wasn't one of my favourites. And then as we, like, you know, what we do is we usually go away and watch episodes and, like, come up with our own theories and things. Uh-huh. And and it really struck me today that maybe this is an episode about reclaiming your own power. Um, Ooh. Yeah. And okay. yeah, I just want to go there with you today. Like, you know, um, so, yeah, like, Chili reclaiming power. Is it Bingo reclaiming her power when Bluey sort of takes over? Do you think the origin of this maybe was, I don't know, like people saying, oh, you know, my kid, every time they go to school, they come back and they're like, oh, this kid just like got me to play with him and, you know, and he didn't feel that they could say no. Ah, Yeah, okay. I'm sort of going down that path because I just saw that, sort of end scene in particular with Bingo sort of having this realisation that she didn't have to give in to other people's magic if she didn't want to. And I was like, ooh, is this a secret life lesson for our children dressed up in a fun game like all bluey? And so, yeah. Okay. Cogs wow. turning in your head. Yeah. I, they're turning hard um, <laughs> and they're turning, it's, it's, bells are ringing all over, but possibly mm. because I've just read the book Power, oh, which yes. you put me into uh, yeah. by amazing Australian life coach, I guess, uh, uh, Kimmy Neckerville. Yeah, and she's done the Deadly Brene Brown training. Yes, yes, yes. Did so I buy you a copy of that book because I promised I would, and I feel like I did not. <laughs> no, I was in the airport the other day, and it was there, and I bought it for myself. Uh, oh, so yeah, just scratch that one off your list. Yeah, <laughs> but, I've got um, more. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure there are many people that you can distribute uh, that book to. But so, what this book is about is basically just feeling, uh, feeling empowered and not, uh, not like you were powered over uh, mm. and especially for women especially for um minorities people of color um anyone who kind of feels like they don't have power in life work social situations even in family um yeah really have loved it but at the same time I've been reading also very relevant to this episode Harry Potter because oh. um, is obsessed with Harry Potter and the the power dynamics in that are so interesting as well. <laughs> and, yeah, I think they all smash together magically in magic. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. And there's some fun 80s references thrown in for good measure, <laughs> as we always love to say. Okay. 
done. <sighs> Mum, can you play with me? We open with Chili doing what is definitely not a magical household task, mopping. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I got a cleaner just so I didn't have to mop. Like, you know, it's my least favourite house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sleeping Beauty sold me the dream that one day I may have a mop that would just magically do it itself. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, look, I, you know, I'm impressed you have a least favourite uh, housework activity <laughs> because, yeah, as as Chili coins the phrase in uh, housework, I'm just not really into it. Housework. Full stop. There's no least favorite activity. Just like oh. there's definitely things that I like to do. Like yeah, I think we've spoken about this on the podcast before. But like cleaning the washing machine, just always oh. so deeply satisfying. You look at me like, oh yeah, we're gonna have this conversation where I'm guessing uh, we still don't. I don't think we've had this conversation because okay. what I would have said is, oh, how do you clean that? <laughs> So, okay. um, oh, actually, no, no, this is uh, ringing bells now, but still, I really need to know, and I'm not going to go back and listen to every episode to find That's out. Fine. So, tell me. So it's like um, you get your washing machine, you take out all the filters, and you give them a really good scrub with like okay. um, a mix of bicarb soda and vinegar, and then yeah, you soak them in water and make sure they're really clean. And by this stage, like the whole sink is usually filthy. It's disgusting. And then you put in like a cup of bicarb and two cups of white vinegar, just the super cheap stuff you get at the supermarket. Put it, um, like get some sort of scrubbing brush, scrub the whole inside of your washing machine. And Mm -hmm. then you just do a normal like tub clean cycle or whatever you want. Um, And then if you open up the machine afterwards, there's like all these little tiny bits of, black dirt sludge that's been flushed out okay that's been flushed out and then you wipe it all out run it through for one more like quick cycle and then your tub is just sparkling it's it's a thing of beauty Ah. and it's like how can you your your clothes just seem so much cleaner because they're not being washed with dirt (laughs) that (laughs) That is certainly like sounds very legit um next stupid question where are the filters (laughs) on a washing we'll have to take this offline yeah. <laughs> i will um, send you a manual or something my but... mind blown amazing i this yeah. probably uh, don't worry kate i yeah i know the mental load is high i will google where the filters are <laughs> on my washing machine oh you know what bingo not right now honey oh why not well i just don't feel like playing right now and the second, the second she lies down, Bingo is there asking for her to play. Like surely for every parent, this is, uh, this is a moment of pure tension. Yeah, look, knife in the heart. Um, it made me realise we do see Chili, we, well, we have seen her hit the couch on occasion. And, yeah, it's never for very long. But while watching Mount mm. Mum and Dad, um sheepdog uh well she takes herself off and mm. um and rain where like she just gives up and puts her feet up and uh, it's kind of not a very good advertisement for getting onto the couch like it never goes well <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps parents didn't need telling that that yeah the couch is cursed and you shall never lie there <laughs> no as soon as you're either on the couch, it's like something happens or you've got a child in your face or the worst possible outcome, everything mm-hmm. goes quiet. Yeah. 
And then you just sit there stressing about why it's quiet until you get up and work oh, out why, why everyone's occupied. Yep. But look, in this case, at least Bingo does take no for an answer, at least mm. temporarily. And Bluey to the rescue, I suppose. Do you want to play Bluey? Yeah. Ray, Mum said she wouldn't play with me. The way this magic game starts with the tail demonstration just gives mm. me so much joy. <laughs> magic? Yeah, you can use it to make people do anything. Mum taught me. Oh, show me. Okay, turn around. Watch. I can make your tail go this way. Oh, bingo. Pretend my hand controls your tail. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've often questioned, is the magic in Bluey real? I mean, yes, of course, there's magic. But, you know, Mm -hmm. in episodes like Berries and even episodes like Asparagus, the lines just seem to get really blurry. Well, Uh, yeah, absolutely. And is Asparagus just called Asparagus or is it Magic Asparagus? Oh, it's just Asparagus, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, you're right, actually. I was trying to think of magic episodes as well and then mm. realised, oh, magic xylophone. Wand. Like big wand. <laughs> yeah, 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 feather wand. Um, yeah. I think there's a bigger question about magic in other episodes than this one possibly and because mm. the demo kind of lays it out that, you know, it doesn't work the first time. And yeah. But we has to provide a bit more instructional before bingo uh get some magic happening <laughs> i can make it go this way <laughs> whoa and this way <laughs> and one. yeah it was it was cute to see that sort of demonstration and bigger sister teaching her little sister mm, the ropes totally. as well i mean is there anything more heartwarming than when you oh. catch your kids teaching each other something one of the most heartwarming things I think I've ever seen my kids do is mm-hmm. um, when they, because they, sh- um, Joe and Will share a room, and Joe's two and a half now, but probably from about the time he was one, Will got really interested in the idea of being the one to teach Joe to talk. And they used to do something called Aww. silly talk every time okay. they went to bed. Um, and Will <laughs> would just sit there for hours, go- well, sometimes hours, going, Joe and then Joe would go Joe <laughs> and then they'd be like you ooh, can and talk <laughs> like just go through like that uh, uh, say avocado you know and things like that that so is just, magical I love I know. it it was very Aww. cute yeah um and I've seen Bon and Caspi teaching each other lots of really cute bits and bobs yeah, yeah. As games get more imaginative, the the explaining the backstory and explaining, no, you just have to do this, and then like, like yeah, so many Bonnie's times, explainer with the rule setter, oh, such, such an explainer. Follower. But um, even and Bluey has given them language for so much of it. Like it might have happened anyway, but so often as they loop me into a game, they're like, and Mum, pretend you think I can't do it. Like in, oh, uh, like yeah, in the yeah, pool, yeah. yeah, or something like that, and uh, yeah, they're they're very good at sort of you know setting up the game now I love <laughs> for that. everyone to play their role. <laughs> they will be dictators, but in the meantime, it's adorable. Beautiful dictators, it's fine. <laughs> you know magic. Now, if someone doesn't want to play with you, you can just make them. Leapfrog. <laughs> now that bingo understands magic she Mm -hmm. really wants to test out this skill totally 
Um, and we go into the backyard where Bandit and Lucky's dad, Pat, have been laying out turf. I mean. Neighbor of the year to Pat yet again. <laughs> I know. He's just a legend. I love him. G'day, Bingo. Check out the new grass. Ooh, it looks great. Um, can you play with me? Oh, not right now, mate. We've got to water this in. Oh, well, that's too bad. Is there something wrong with your arms, mate? I think Bandit says something like, oh, you need your racket restrung. Totally. <laughs> he just sort of gives a bit of a knowing giggle mm-hmm. and a look. He doesn't fully endorse, you know, <sighs> the yeah. behaviour. Um, but then as soon as it's, as Bandit declares Bingo's learned magic, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it just gets wild really fast. <laughs> Run, Pat! Oh, no, you don't! <laughs> no! What should we do with them? Hmm. This is not fair! Kids, stop making us dance! Stop it! And, oh, and yeah. Pat is 100% invested in this game. Like, it's you know. shades of feather wand all over again. Yeah. Like, unsuspecting, he is instantly just the victim. <laughs> <laughs> the victim of, um, what would you say? Like,. Patrick Swayze dance moves. Well, yeah. Well, the, the, so the victim, like, so I guess it originates. There's actually a bit of pop culture going on here because um, as the Bluey uh, wiki pages told mm. me, um, oh. like it's not on wiki but it's kind yeah. of like the fan the fan wiki pages, um, yeah. that the moves that they're doing to make the magic happen um, with their hands is uh, – uh, signature technique from Dragon Ball Z oh. uh, called Kamehameha uh, and a, a character called Goku uh, uses it frequently. So oh. so that's uh, one So for... this is the wave that's sort of like the big flourish sort of I'm, I'm moving my ah. arms in a circular motion is kind of pushing forward but I'm sure they've got to be done <laughs> with this, no? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it. I think it was more the at the start. Yeah, it was the less dramatic, kind of more forceful, like two arms at once push oh, kind like of motion. Push? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, okay, so almost like creating a force field or something, or Neo yeah. in the Matrix, I'm going to say, with like yes. sort yeah. of pushing one hand more forward than the other, but like a real almost like pushing Tai Chi kind mm. of motion. Yeah, Except yes, us. exactly. So yeah. that's Kamehameha. Uh, okay. probably maybe um but yeah then yeah the uh the references get older and more classic <laughs> once the dads get involved so yeah I mean um we cut away to see um that uh yeah Pat and Bandit are doing some sort of tango on the back well, <laughs> like- that move made me feel like why does every like everyone knows what a tango move is and also I can't picture a tango without a rose in a mouth which yeah. makes me think it was in every kid's cartoon ever that it's just so <laughs> deeply imprinted on me but then when I looked up you know Bugs Bunny tango or anything like that I couldn't find it do you have kind of early you know imprints of tango 
Yeah, I feel like Pepe Le Pew, maybe. Yes, you know, that's like a big with, one. With the rose in the mouth mm. and sort of leaning, leaning the unsuspecting cat sort of down yes. in the dip to be like, oh, darling, woo, 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 you know. Yeah, like, I feel like, yeah, yeah totally Consent that. was a thing, oh, obviously, back terrible. then. Um, horrible. Um, to better couple goals, I think the Adams family, perhaps. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, Morticia and um, Mr. Adams. <laughs> uh, <laughs> signature move. Um Trying to think, yeah, what, but anyway, it's it's so there. So I'm glad it's uh, come to Bluey now as well, the tango move. But, yeah, it the, the dancing gets stepped up uh, with the classic lift that is coming. Yay! Okay, time for the big finish. Oh, no, you've had to stick the landing pad. It's not up to me. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. And I, this is just straight out of Dirty Dancing where, you know, with yeah. a wave of their arms, Bluey and Bingo set Bandit and Pat on a crash course. Oh. Um, I mean, the lift, we, did you ever see Crazy Stupid Love where they, um, Ryan Ooh. Gosling and Ed, Emma Stone talk about the lift? And she's no, like, I don't think I have, but it's like a, it's a quite a good fun movie. Um, okay. But yeah, there's a scene where Emma Stone is like, Tell me your big move, give me a big move to the Ryan Gosling character. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I do the lift, you know, I do dirty dancing. And he's wow. like, you know, bring the conversation around to dirty dancing. And then he's like, I can do the lift. And um, yeah, and it's like just sort of, I don't know, fated as like the ultimate power move, I guess. Right. Okay. Like if a if a person could do the lift, would you be impressed? I guess so, but I wouldn't want them to do it on me. So <laughs> tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've seen a lot of like wedding, you know, like flash mob style oh, yeah, dances like, yeah. where they do the lift. Because maybe it's like some people's dream to yeah. be to be the baby in the. I guess so. In, but man, in the dirty dancing lift scenario. Yeah. I would prefer to be the one practicing because they practice in the lake or the river or whatever. Like that seems yeah. more fun to me than doing it on dry land with a quite hard <laughs> Yeah, but um, full credit to Pat. He, yeah, he's but got look, the ring on, to on keep it up. grass, uh, yeah, hopefully. not be stable. Yeah, so. yeah totally. <laughs> um, it is a joy. Uh, I love that this is where the Bandit-Pat dynamic has gone. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. The they, able to trust each other with the lift. And, yeah, and Pat, Pat holds him, but, I mean, it's not particularly complimentary really, is it? He's like, you know, you're way a ton. <sighs> uh, yeah, look, I, you know, it's, it's not romance, but it's something. <laughs> um, romance, I don't know. But, Everyone needs a neighbour like Pat. That's all but I'm of course, say. yeah. So we go from that, you know, which is definitely using magic for, you know, potentially good and impressive things. We get it! Christmas crackers! I'm sure the dads were enjoying it. Uh to <laughs> I guess crossing to the dark side of the force of the magic. Yeah, <laughs> of everything really else when Julie those... comes along. What? going on here? Oh, no, you don't. Who taught you how to use magic? Bluey did. 
I should have known. There were really strong, um, you know, like um, similarly how they talk in Star Wars about the good and the dark side. Of yeah, the yeah. Um, you know, it really did seem like there was the, the good and the, the dark side of the magic. Totally. And I guess this episode sets up that, you know, that dynamic quite well as well when Bing, Bluey is introducing Bingo and can't quite remember the one rule that goes with it, which we find out as Chili emerges, is that magic is not meant to be used for cheekiness, which yeah. is, is, you know, not not the not the strongest rule I've ever heard. Like a bit, you know, a bit open to interpretation. Um, also, yeah. we have Surely at least it's a subjective. Like, well, yeah. we've also have at least half a dozen magicish episodes of Bluey that we've rattled off that were all pretty cheeky, and magic was used for cheekiness in all of them. <laughs> so, I don't think it's a strongly enforced rule uh, <laughs> that Chili is implementing. But yeah, you know, you've got to have some conflict. So yes, it's that is, it, that it is definitely very sets up a good. Uh, a good with great power comes great responsibility kind of uh, plot line in this episode. Bingo. Magic should only be used to help people. We were helping. We were helping them learn to dance. Louis. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it quickly pivots to, you know, Chili sort of explaining that, um, you know, you can't use magic to get people to play with you. And I think Mm. if we replace the word magic with, power similarly yes. to okay. you know where True. we were at the start of our conversation then you know um I've, I've been uh, doing an essay for uni today um about uh rhetoric and looking uh-huh. at a- aristotle and his okay. um he basically so if you i'm, I'm going to take you on a little journey but um <laughs> oh, he, do. Talk, he talks about the power of words um back in the day um, that Aristotle and his his um, students were leading in the agoras of Athens, um, you know, that it was the people who had the most convincing arguments had power. So the okay. people who were able to use um, ethos, which is um, your credibility. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that's through authority or um, your life experiences, Um, whether you had logos, which is your reasoning, so your facts and your data and and that sort of thing. Okay, yeah. And your pathos, so your passion, your emotion. And then how those three work together and the ways you can weave that through to really give yourself power when you speak. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess it was sort of, I was drawing correlations because that's been in front of mind, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, definitely was sort of reflecting on how some people, like words can be sort of magical, you know, and how they can persuade people. And, um, you know, and then Bluey's argument, it should be up to us how we use our magic. I mean, there's so many ethical sort of dilemmas that you can Mm. get into, you know, like where do you draw the line with power? You know, how do you control that power so that it's working for good and not for cheekiness? And so, yeah, and cheekiness could be, you know, kind of swapped out here for how it, like it's it's the golden rule, like you know, you're impacting others, and you wouldn't do to them what you don't want done to you, kind of thing. Mm. I'm, I'm butchering the golden rule there, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it definitely harks back to yeah, like philosophy one hundred and one, doesn't it? 
Mm, really does. And um, uh, I think the, the narrative of um, the episode really kind of matches that sort of progression of, you know, exploring darker themes. I mean, there is a literal storm rolling in. You see the winds oh, wow. starting to pick up. You see... Um, Chili sort of standing there, almost quite magical with her mm-hmm. her voice, just that little bit more projected to sound sort of authoritative and powerful. Yeah. It's not your magic, it's everyone's. Hey! And it's stronger in some than others. And even the way she's like, get out of here, you two, this doesn't concern you. And, you know, with a wave of um, Uh, Pat and uh, Bendigo careering over the fence back to Pat's house. Yeah. um, You know, I just thought this is is so complex and these ideas that they've just woven into a kid's show like nothing. So Totally. Well, so you've gone highbrow, but while that's happening, I'm also just (laughs) pulling in every – film with magic I've ever seen trying to work out what this scene is oh yeah like is it once is it is it every is as every time Hollywood uses magic do they actually just use the same formula and this is the formula or is there one particular scene going on here (laughs) because like even like I'm taken back to you know classic 90s terrible film The Craft where you know using magic always brought in crazy storms and like Mm. you know the weather always kind of reflected the the dark magic that was being done. Um, I was taken to The Witches with Angelica Houston. Okay yeah. That sort of um, old British film where I think there's one scene early in the thing where like there's a witch in the street and the whole atmosphere changes and, yeah. you know, it's a Roald Dahl classic that was made into a movie and, yeah, and then he hides until the, the you know, the totally. metaphorical storm passes. But, um, yeah, similar sort of uses of mm-hmm. music and light to really amp up the drama. Yeah. But then going into the actual battle, like very oh, yeah, yeah. stawsy force against force kind of thing. But mm. actually I was interested. I haven't seen a lot of the Harry Potter movies, but Zoe at um, on Instagram at Bluey Recaps, who kind of does a quite detailed recap of every Bluey episode, called it um, Harry Potter-esque, this oh. particular scene, which I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, considering Bond's obsessed with Harry Potter, I'm probably going to find out soon <laughs> what it lines up with. I'm trying to think of if there's like because they're just a the, wizard on wizard battle like yeah oh there are plenty but um maybe I'm thinking like number four with the tri wizard tournament and then how they teleport to um ah. like the graveyard but it's not so much as storm more just like dark and kind of spooky and it's yeah, not raining right. but, then, but then when Harry and Voldemort fight there's like clouds and winds yes. and okay. you know that sort of maybe maybe that's okay. the well, correlation look, yeah the, the the okay one final place it took me just because you know magic against magic is so evenly matched and ridiculous and pointless uh <laughs> Uh, Batman versus Superman, the movie. <laughs> have you seen that? Oh no, I actually haven't the seen whole that. Thing is just a fight scene in kind of a 
you know, just a, a ruinous, cavernous building kind of thing where they just, and one, like, waves his arm and oh. smashes the other one into the wall and then back again and just, like, it's so. <laughs> okay, just so I'm following pointless. you now. Um, okay. Because yeah. I thought you were talking about like when Chili comes out and that's sort of like that storm building behind her. Is but yeah, I think but no, you're talking about when it's like magic the, versus magic. Yeah. Once yeah, they're just so, throwing each other around. Uh, so yeah, I reckon I was it's Harry that. and um, Voldemort in the okay. very last Harry Potter when they're like flying together and sparring oh, and all yeah. that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Grown-ups should play with kids whenever the kids want. <laughs> Grown-ups can't just drop everything and play when kids ask them to. Why not? Yeah, and you can't just tell me what to do. I, I thought that was an interesting sort of counterpoint, really, because, you know, on the one hand, Louis sort of asserting that, you know, she mm. deserves the power and Bingo has to, like, is really like, well, you don't get to say, Bingo, you're on my side, you know. But yeah. then Bingo's realising that she actually holds her own power in this scenario. Because then who will do all the chores? Like cleaning the house and making the dinners. We'll ring the pizza boy. <gasps> Let's skip to my favourite line of the episode, Mary. The pizza uh-huh. boy is not the solution. <laughs> <laughs> the pizza boy is always the solution. <laughs> Sort yeah. it out. <laughs> the pizza boy is actually for us quite often the solution. So, yeah. And, yeah, that follows on with, you know, we talked last week about um, the solution finding of both Chili and Bluey mm. in driving. But, yeah, that Bluey, and back to your uh, logos, uh, mm. you know, logical. Bluey is being quite logical here in how she explains that, she was using magic for goodliness because Bingo mm. was sad and she was cheering her up. And yeah. then, even more logical, just get pizza. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see no problem with this. But and if we're, if we're analysing in this framework, yeah, the pathos is just off the charts. Oh, yeah. The emotion coming through is <laughs> like you abandon your children, you know, all oh. these sorts of like tropes and to then, really pull at the heartstrings. Oh, but then straight, like I am flipping, flopping from side to side here in this debate as well because then Chili lays it on just you know grown-ups can't just drop everything which I find myself saying so often and especially like as we record this uh Victoria is in school holiday land Mm. and I feel like it is just the absolute mantra of the school holidays like you're just getting (laughs) so many more requests to play to do to everything and yeah the yeah, there's just as many things being needing to not be dropped. Um, yeah, in the midst of it, uh, yeah, it's. I think I found myself saying that more than once uh, in the past week or so. <laughs> People should play with you because they want to, not because you make them. Otherwise, it's not playing. I am feeling that deeply. There, we've been trying to do um, like a bit of a it's, it's sort of a low-key burn but basically saying to um well when he comes up and he just wants to start talking straight away because he's got an idea in his head I'm just like mate just look around he's like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> see but no that is that is very uh important teaching uh you know awareness <laughs> oh yeah but he's... picking your moment it's good 
Mm. Yeah, definitely um, build a little bit more into his ethos, that's for sure. Okay, his, yes. <laughs> we can only imagine the power that follows. <laughs> no. Yeah. Hey, uh, is all that crazy stuff still happening? Oh, oh get off! It's not up to me! You see, Bingo? Cheeky magic always wins. Then Bandit kind of enters again in a in a little a bit of a twist and it's mm-hmm. like, is all that magic stuff finished? I was like, mate, you're in the heel hours. Absolutely yeah, not. Nah. Like never. You're dreaming. <laughs> um Yeah, and and he kind of comes in at a pivotal moment as well where, you know, we've seen Bluey try and hold on to her magic slash power, I suppose, and how mm. how she controls it. But um she can control it, but she's trying to control Bingo, and mm. yeah, that gives Bingo her her real kind of decision making moment in this episode. Um, and yeah, I'm sitting there going, "Bluey, too far, too far." It's Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bingo has always proven that she is her own um, healer, and mm-hmm. um, she does so so beautifully here. Um, for me, this was kind of that Brene Brown moment, or maybe maybe it's a Kemi Nevkapil moment yeah. where Bingo <laughs> is realizing her own power and that mm-hmm. she doesn't need to rely on other people giving her that power to hold it herself. So, yes, totally. Mm. Uh, which is a long way to come, considering only seven minutes ago she didn't even know magic, um, yeah. which is hard to believe, actually. <laughs> I know, and like probably skipping from you know. Um, my favourite line to my most unrelatable line, like Bandit later, like being like, oh, I wish I knew magic. It's like, as if you don't know magic, Bandit. Like, <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> um, yeah, completely. So, yeah, look at this uh, episode does have a few, like, is this still the healer house moment? <laughs> <laughs> I guess magic can have uh, disorienting effects. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it sort of put, like, you know, the, I agree it's about kind of, you know, who's in control and power and mm. um, and also the call out to parents and this might be because I've been listening to um, hearing a lot lately from an Instagram account that you got me onto, Kate, Dr. Becky Good Inside. Oh, yeah, I like her. Uh, who has a new book out called Good Inside. She's a child psychologist and um, talks a lot about, parenting and how to get kids feeling uh empowered and confident and um and you know just happy (laughs) but but yeah she makes the point frequently you can't just tell you can't just set arbitrary rules without actually a living them but then Mm. be also um kind of she's anti-consequences but she's pro giving kids a choice to make and then Mm. them kind of generating their own consequences and I think that's kind of being played out in this episode as well Mm. that um you know Bluey Bluey wants some autonomy she really wants to you know have have control over this thing that she's got but yeah bingo shows there's another way to have autonomy for for the good of all now bingo bring all the pizza boys me yes you why do i have to do it because i said so you can't just tell me what to do yes i can stop it sorry babe it's the magic who's doing that bingo no 
get by waving bandit right into <laughs> her face. <laughs> Hilarious. I know. Um, this game has been very popular in our house lately. You Ooh, know, okay. oh, I might just sit here on this comfy chair, you know, like, um, and then, yeah, <clears throat> sitting on somebody. So, yep, yeah, totally. Um, definitely shades of, oh, God, what was the episode that, that we just talked about? Um, oh, um, perfect. Oh, yes, totally. Yeah, perfect. Yep. Um, Classic game. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. The, the kick at the end, I think, you know, we transition, everything seems right in the world now that Bingo has rejoined the good side. Totally. Uh, and the family sitting on the lawn and, and that little um, laugh, you know, with the doorbell ringing, that'll be the pizza boy. <laughs> like, I just love chili. Yeah, the yeah, pizza boy is the solution. The field, so beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. Everyone's helped each other, and and Bing and Bluey's got to have some autonomy. They did get pizza on her demand <laughs> request. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's so cute. Um. Who's your MVP, Kate? Oh, uh, I reckon it's. I reckon it's Bandit in this one. Mm-hmm. Um. Just for the lift, I just think that that was just. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought about whether or not it would be chilly or not, but yeah, I, I think it's Bandit, or maybe it's Pat. You know, mm. with a close runner-up of Pat, I think. Yeah, just for throwing them both, throwing themselves like, well, if magic isn't real, uh, ah, yeah. they've thrown themselves both over the fence. Mm. <laughs> yeah, excellent, excellent commitment to the bit. Um, yeah, I I was struggling to get one, but I think. Um, I need a bit of bingo choosing the mm. the path of light and goodliness um, in my life at the moment. So, yeah, I think bingo, wrestling with the big questions and coming through is my MVP this episode. Um, it's a solid choice, Mary, and I love how bingo's journey throughout this. You know, she really does, by the end, embrace her own magic, which is all you can uh, ever ask from your kids, right? Totally. Like, um and that probably leads to my line of this ep as well uh, about bingo. Uh, I think I'll be using this with my kids. You need your racket restrung. <laughs> <laughs> racket restrung. What a classic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, magic and, and restringing so <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. Well, speaking of restringing, um, there is a lot of strings in this episode and that is Uh-oh. because um, Joff Bush for the music has teamed up with the incredible Joseph Twist. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't follow Joe Twist on Instagram, I highly recommend that you do. Um, he is um, really turning out to be one of Australia's most preeminent at the moment composers oh. and is jetting around left, right and centre and mm-hmm. getting standing ovations and all sorts of things for his incredible work. Um, Joe is well known for doing full-scale orchestral scores, so Joff mm-hmm. would have brought him in. Um, you know, if you think about um, pieces that need to be composed normally Joff I'm I'm imagining would score it for you know like he'd probably come up with it on a piano or something yeah yeah and then he would put in the different parts as he sees it but when you've got an orchestra you can be talking about like you know three to four different types of violin three to four different you know second violin you know like you, you know you've got all your different 
um, and each each section that you score um, has to have different melodies, different lines, different solos, different flourishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and weaving that all together can be so incredibly complex and time consuming. And and let's rewind. We know that they do each episode in roughly a week. Yeah. So to do a full orchestral score <sighs> of, for seven minutes of screen in a week is just, anyway, it blows totally. my mind. It really yep. does. Um, so, and and I loved that they used um, on the title page for Magic as well, like the red rose lying down, not only for the yes. tango reasons, but for me the music had really strong shades of like something called um, Orientalism, which, um, you know, ah, sort of became okay. quite popular sort of in the 19th century because of um, like the way that the world was opening up with travel and sailing and things. It meant that more influences from other parts of the world were starting to be heard in European music. It was seen as very exotic and exciting yeah, um, okay. and also bringing in a lot of like um, – like things like Russian folk songs and things like that. And and the music, I think, composer-wise for me had a real shade of, I don't know, either Saison or Berlioz or, you know, those big okay. fantastical, yes. flourishy, magical scores. <laughs> yeah, that really do transport you to, um, you know, an, a different world by painting this incredibly rich and layered tapestry of sounds mm-hmm. um they used a lot of really exotic sort of harmonies in this as well I think there were some modal okay. scales used which means that they don't follow the expected in inverted commas western music patterns okay right and that can make it sound really exciting as well oh no you better stick the landing pad it's not up to me and oh. to do it in a week, poof, like amazing. Look, maybe they took a bit more time with this one, but I'm sure whatever it, whatever they did, uh, they've achieved magic. So yeah, go well, them. Joff on Instagram wrote that these ep- sorts of episodes are such tricky ones tonally, keeping it simple and fun, but still in that cinematic magic world of the game. We spent a lot of time working out how to find that balance between the cheeky magic and the good magic, and then simplifying the score. Um, Ooh, and just, okay. yeah, huge credit. It doesn't actually say, I'd love to know more about, you know, how they do that. Do they hire an orchestra? Do they just get all their regulars to do like 10 different types of parts yeah, and then layer maybe. it all together? Like, yeah, I'd love to know if the Brisbane Symphony Orchestra got a call like, hey, it's Joff here from Bluey. We just need you for half an hour to run this really complex score through. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you said the last few episodes everyone should be following Joff um, mm. on Insta because he's sharing a lot more about the most recent uh, episodes. Mm. Also, he and uh, Jazz Darcy, his amazing offsider, oh, yes. have been sharing some behind the scenes of making the new Bluey album, which is happening at the moment. Um, definitely uh, follow Jazz as well. I think she shared this as a story, so you might not be able to find this one anymore. but. Uh, one uh, piece of behind-the-scenes recording she shared recently was laying down Rain music from Rain, the episode for this new album. And they've, much like uh, on the first album, the I Know a Place got lyrics, the Rain music is going to have lyrics. And I'm so excited. Like I'm living for this. 
it must have been on Joff's story or <clears throat> maybe it was the interview that he did recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was talking about how initially the episode Rain was scored with lyrics. Um, really? And then they oh. decided it was too much, so they removed the Interesting. words. So I can't wait to hear. Oh, yeah. Because apparently I, I it was just that. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, the when they released the first Bluey album, it was – um, I think they'd worked on it in a similar time of year and then it was released like in January of the next year. So mm. maybe late Christmas present we can oh all keep fingers crossed for that one. Yeah, would make me very happy indeed to have that. Oh, yes. Um, I think Sleepy Time's on there as well. Oh, yes. How can it not be? Just I want this no, in my you, life already. You could not have a season two album without sleep, uh, like without host. Um yeah. Totally. Yeah. Can't wait. It's oh, going to be totally. amazing. That'll be the pizza boy. Hey, come on, who's coming? We need a grown-up. Um, I think we're nearly there, Mary. I is there anything we... more mailbaggy? Uh, uh, so, yes, I'd love to. Well, actually, mailbag is quite musical as well because uh, David in Cleveland, Tennessee says hi. Um, that he hi, loves David. us uh, and um, – we stand out amongst his usual podcast listening uh, of US politics and news. Um, but he said he does, he loves uh, Kate's take on the music. And um, it reminds him of another podcast he listens to called What Makes This Song Great, which sounds very up our alley. So I'm going to mm. be checking that one out. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, He's checked in a few times and with a musical note most recently that when we talked about Quest um, mm. and the flute in Quest, we, we curry kind quest. of yeah. – uh, Curry Quest, sorry. Yeah, uh, we were sort of taking it to a Western kind of place that, you know, it sounded a bit spaghetti Western, the face-off mm. with the um, magpie and things. But he said actually anyone who's played sort of Dungeons & Dragons-esque video games <laughs> would know that that flute is – questing music and kind Ooh. of the signal that yes you're going on a quest so uh, yeah perfect oh, I love that, that there's episode, a D&D episode in like, like sorry D reference in curry quest that's well, like so he said sort of he perhaps he was just coloring in but I, i'm sure there's lots of that style of video games to my i didn't even know dungeons and dragons was a video game this is how out of my depth i am with this information no, I, ha- that I have a David's i have a providing. look but very similar yeah, no. to Bandit we, being like we are well aware of our knowledge gaps and this is one. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that was really good info to get. Um, he also pointed out that one um, very early uh, musical um, spotting, a bit of spotting he did was that in um, Magic Xylophone, uh, no, Magic Xylophone? No, The weekend when Chili goes for a oh, run. Yes. Um, you can see her MP3 player on her arm and the album cover is Dark Side of the Moon with the rainbow light oh, going through the triangle. Amazing. <laughs> so, That's a great we know that now. Yeah, so love that. Wow, way back to the start. Uh, so thank you and hi, David, um, and to all of Tennessee. Um, we've been getting lots of American uh, 
messages at the moment. So um, one more is from Stephanie in Minneapolis in Minnesota, um, who (laughs) off the back of our long, long, appropriately long mullet chat uh, for (laughs) um, (laughs) Sheepdog. Um, She said, yes, you know, mullets are very much in in America as well and actually shared a YouTube link to um, a local uh, ice hockey team um, of I'm like, scared. From, from a local school, uh, so, you know, school-age kids and kind of it was very funny, like there's just a kid super hamming it up all introducing themselves and their different types of hairstyles and it was all very like long, luscious, flowing locks. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, hilarious. And ice hockey is a good one for like extreme hair. Like we talked about mullets and Aussie rules footy over here, but, um, yeah, ice hockey really commits to – the hair and the facial hair as well. I was very excited when I realised that in there's in ice hockey competitions there's a trend or a, I don't know if this is still a thing, but when I stumbled on it, it was uh, life changing. That once a team makes the playoffs, mm. they all like grow their beards until oh. like they get knocked out and like they won't shave. So by the time you're seeing the finals, like everyone is just like this mountain of. Uh, Facial of hair, wow. and beard, and everything else, um, and yeah, which you know can be quite adorable. I think Mitchell Stark from the Australian cricket team did that if like a few years oh, ago. Really? Like he was have he didn't Movember, which is like an annual November challenge um, that's quite popular in Australia, where men like start the month clean shaven, and by the end they have some of the month they've raised money technically and have yes. some bizarre facial hair. Um, but yeah, I think he, he was playing a test series with his Mo and because he was doing so well in it, he was like, I can't shave. Like I'll lose my power. I'll use my magic. Well, look, it's better than, you know, that or not washing your jocks cause they're your lucky jocks or whatever. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, do that. Oh, I don't know. I feel, uh, perhaps it's like a, a joke, but yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Players have definitely talked about their, uh, what do you call it? Superstitions <laughs> that yes. pertain to jocks. Uh, anyway, let's not wow. go there. Um, one final one, an Australian bit of correspondence, uh, just to bring it home because we've heard recently from lovely uh, Madonna, um, oh, who was in Madonna. back in Brisbane and she wanted to jump in and share that um, her cattle dog, Kelpie Cross was named Chippy. Uh, if you picture Muffin and Aunt Trixie, you have my old dog. So um, this is obviously relevant to the great episode Tradies where one of the dogs is called Chippy. Um, one of the tradies is called Chippy. Um, and Madonna says she also used to howl at the ice cream truck like Bluey and Bingo did when Chili <laughs> said no to ice cream in that episode. So. Oh, I can't, we have to talk about tradies soon because there is so oh. much so much goodness within that episode. So. Yeah, love it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> lovely Madonna said, I was unsure if I was going to send this as its personal uh, rather than um, some deep and meaningful insight into the world of Bluey, but no. Nah. I'm taking that as deep and meaningful insight. It's great. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, if you want more deep and meaningful insights into anything Bluey related, you can follow us on all the social media channels. On Facebook, you can find us where uh, Gotta Be Done the Bluey podcast or just go at Bluey Pod. On uh, t- uh, Instagram, it's exactly the same. It's at Bluey Pod. On Twitter, it's at Bluey Podcast. And you can email us. It's blueypod at gmail.com. 
Please do. Kate, it has been magical, but only for goodliness, obviously. <laughs> Maybe a bit of cheekiness. Um, Just a touch. Can't wait to talk again. But in the meantime, it's got to be, be done. done. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's not working. You've got to be more dramatic, like, <gasps> you know? <laughs>